Welcome to the Sunday morning podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Burgess Hill. It's great to uh, great to be together this morning. Thanks, guys, for leading the worship. And uh, Jan and I are going to be sharing this morning uh, with you all uh, just what we believe God is saying to us for 2021. So, uh, Jane, you want to give everybody a welcome? Hi, welcome. Happy New Year. <laughs> <laughs> and um, just really looking forward to everything God wants to do in this season and, and this morning. Just really excited. Yeah. Brilliant. Now, we are at the beginning of 21 days of prayer and fasting. And that always has two responses in our lives. One of, oh my word, you know, we've got a sacrifice and whatever. And the other part goes, come on, God's going to do something. <laughs> and uh, so whatever the fast looks like for you, when you've been praying and just asking the Lord, uh, what does the fast look like for me and uh, for your household? Uh, God graces you for whatever He wants you to fast. I'm sure there'll be a bit of food involved. Uh, it might be that you're going to fast one meal a day, a couple of meals a day. Uh, I don't know, whatever the fast looks like, whatever God has said to you, He'll grace you for it. Maybe there's some other things that He has been speaking to you about that He wants you to fast during the next three weeks. Uh, maybe it's some media things, some, some other things that you do with your time. I don't know. But, but what God wants us to do during these three weeks is not focused on fasting itself, it's focused on Him. And what we're basically wanting to do is give Him space. Mm, yeah. Now, when we give Him space, He will fill it yeah. and He'll fill it with Himself. He'll fill it with His Word. He'll fill it with His Spirit. He'll fill it with His presence. He'll move and work in our hearts and lives. And some of the space that we're given over the next three weeks uh, looks uh, different in different ways. One of those spaces is encounter nights on Monday and Wednesday evenings, 8 p.m. over the next three weeks. And we want to give space to flow in worship together. Even though we're not in the same room, we're together in yeah. spirit and in heart. Uh, and uh, as, we, as we just engage together to spend time worshiping and flowing, God's going to speak prophetically in that. He's going to lead us in that uh, over these next few weeks. So there's those Monday and Wednesday evenings. Then on Friday evenings, uh, we've called it Round the Table. And we want to encourage you in your home uh, or encourage you in your small group uh, to connect. Obviously, if you're in a small group, you're going to have to do this uh, online uh, through Zoom or something. Uh, but we want you to connect either household-wise or, or, or uh, in your small group and, and have round the table. Now, what does that mean? It means doesn't necessarily mean you sit literally round the table. It might mean that. It might be good to do that and have a meal together. Uh, but we want to encourage you, eat together, have communion, pray together, worship together, uh, pray for one another. Just give God space to work and move in your situation. And the devotionals that Pastor Colin has done for this three weeks are going to be absolutely brilliant to use every day. And maybe on the Friday evenings around the table, you can use that particular devotion for that day to focus on as a household, as a family, or as a couple, an individual, or in a Zoom call, whatever you're doing, and, and use that to help you focus on who the Lord is and what He wants to do in us during this, this, uh, these three weeks. The other thing that we're making space for is uh, we're having in each congregation, uh, there'll be Zoom calls on Tuesdays and Thursdays, okay, uh, where at different times in those days. Some are in the morning, some are at lunchtime. But these are of congregation specific where, where somebody in your congregation is going to kind of lead through a 30, 35 minute time of prayer. But it's not really for them to lead. It's, it's for you and me to be involved and bring in what God is saying prophetically, scriptures, praying, releasing God's purposes. So they're not going to be 30 minutes where you're just going to be led during that time. It's 30 minutes of real activation, participation for you to pray, to release into everything that God is doing during these three weeks. And if there are prophetic words that you get, uh, write them down, uh, email them in and uh, we'll see how things are going to dovetail over the next few weeks. Because some of you are going to get prophetic words. Some of you are going to have dreams. God's going to show you things. And we want those things to, to filter through, okay, so they can be shared. What is God saying? What is He doing over these uh, three weeks? I want to encourage you uh, with, uh, with that 
So there's some of the things that we're giving space for. And I know in each congregation, there might be a particular Friday night where as a congregation, you might be having communion uh, together uh, through a Zoom call or something, but your congregation uh, leaders will let you know that specifically uh, as, we, as we go. So we want to dive into this morning. Uh, it's a mixture of sharing some things, uh, sharing heart, some specifics, some practicals. There's going to be a mixture of things over the next... Uh, 45 minutes or so as, as Jane and I just share with you guys what, uh, what we believe God is saying about this year. Now, God never speaks in isolation. He doesn't just take this one year and speak into it without any reference to what's gone before or where it's leading to and what is coming after. Mm. Uh, and so we want to share a little bit of that to give this year context in the light of what God has been saying, already doing, what's happening now as a result and what this is leading to, okay? We need to understand that so that we don't just look at everything in a, in a silo, in an isolated moment, okay? Now, to set a context for that, I know some of you guys that might be connecting in this morning are fairly new to the church. Uh, you might have in the last few months and you don't necessarily know the sort of picture or spectrum really of who we are as Kingdom Faith. So I just want to give you uh, in a nutshell uh, a little bit about well, who we are, who are we, who we are as Kingdom Faith. Now God brought Kingdom Faith into existence over 40 years ago for His revival purposes. Revival's always been right at the heart and the essence of who we are as Kingdom Faith to be a revival people so that we live in revival, then to see the fruit of that, the effects of that, God's transformational purposes in communities, towns, cities, regions and the nation uh, and beyond in other nations. So what does that actually mean? It means a people devoted to seeking and knowing Him. It means a people of faith who believe and seek to live according to the truth of God's Word. It means a people of love which is expressed in obedience to God and a love for people without preference in regards to age, colour, race, background, social standing or religion. It means a love for people. A people also who are living in and demonstrating the power of the Holy Spirit in healings, signs and wonders and miracles. Every person that is filled with the Holy Spirit can heal the sick. Every person who is filled with the Holy Spirit can see miracles, signs and wonders. So you're a healing agent of the Holy Spirit. You're a miracle worker out there. Uh, and, uh, and everybody's shouting, yeah, come on. <laughs> And uh, also, what does it mean in the context of being a revival people, a people of worship and prayer? We want to give time over these next few weeks to worship, to pray, to seek God, to allow Him to infuse us afresh with who He is. So there's a greater release of Him through our, our lives individually and as a church. What does it also mean in context of revival? A people who stand for justice and righteousness, a people who declare the gospel of Jesus Christ as the one true saviour and to sum all this up, a holy people. A people that live in this way are a holy people. And so that's the kind of essence of who we are as Kingdom Faith. If, if, if you're watching in for the first time today maybe and you're like, you know, well, who are you guys? That, that's who we are. That's who we are seeking to be more and more as a people. So if you want to be part of Kingdom Faith, that's what it really means to be part of who we are. People that are going after God, going after His purposes and want to see not only revival in the church, in our own lives, but see transformation out there in the world Amen. and the community. So, so how is Kingdom Faith made up? Well, again, in a nutshell, <clears throat> locally here in this 25 mile radius, which is a, an area that God has spoken to us years ago to pray into and to work into and establish congregations in. We have four congregations, one in Horsham, one in Crawley, one in Worthing and one in Burgess Hill at this time. Okay, And we're going to see more uh, as God increases what He's doing. So we're four congregations, one church in four locations in this 25 mile radius at the moment. Beyond that, in the nation, we have three other Kingdom Faith churches or Kingdom Faith bases or hubs. One is in Yorkshire in Scarborough, another is southwest in Taunton and another is in London. 
And together we are Kingdom Faith Church in seven locations, four in this region, three in those other locations. Same heart, same vision, same DNA, going for the same thing, okay? Then uh, as we kind of expand out in, in the UK and also in other nations in Europe, we have 32 churches that are what we call partnering churches, part of the Kingdom Faith family. They might not be Kingdom Faith by name, but they are part of the Kingdom Faith family. So as well as churches in the UK, uh, in a number of different places you can see on the screen, we also have churches in Italy, uh, a family of churches there, a growing family, seven or eight churches there, France, Switzerland, Poland, uh, in, in some of those, Euro in, in those European nations. Again, same DNA, same heart in all those churches. And then beyond that, we have growing relationships. Uh, they're not necessarily part of the Kingdom of Faith family at this point, but we have growing relationships with churches in different African nations, uh, different regions of India, the Philippines, and in Pakistan. So there are, there are other relationships also in different parts of Europe. And I think as things develop in those nations, in Europe and, and, and afar, that the Kingdom of Faith family is gonna grow and develop mm. as we move forward. So as well as churches locally, regionally, nationally, and in other nations, we also have uh, overseas workers, as we call them, people who work in, in overseas missions in a number of different nations, okay? So we have about 18 people who are reaching into more than 30 nations in regards overseas work, where they're located and working in different areas. Um, I don't want to give the names out, okay, of these individuals today because some of the areas that they're working are not very easy uh, to be working in. And, and so we, uh, we, you can access some of that information elsewhere uh, and we, we can give you that information about who and exactly where, but rather than giving those names online this morning. But we have uh, people in Bosnia-Herzegovina uh, working with young people across quite challenging situation there. We have uh, another couple working in the Middle East. We have several individuals working in Israel involved in, in various things there and other parts of the Middle East. Uh, in Cyprus, others in Turkey, others in African nations. Uh, we have <clears throat> others uh, in the Philippines and others working uh, in, in different ways in different nations uh, that are kind of we can't really name. Uh, but there's different things going on. People are working with young people. People are working with homeless. People are working uh, in media, reaching into areas that you can't necessarily physically go, but you can with media to preach the gospel. We have people helping to establish churches, getting the, the word of God in, in written form into nations where they don't have it in their language. There's, there's a whole kind of sphere of people working out in different nations, taking the gospel into unreached areas. And so that is kingdom faith, really. It's, it's local to the nations. It's local to global. And that's, that's really always been the call on kingdom faith. And that's the way in which we're working. And that's only going to increase as we go forward. Now, to get into the, some specifics of what we believe God wants to say this morning, we're currently living, as we know, in an ever-changing situation. <laughs> Uh, regarding COVID and uh, this virus and th the way that it's uh, been developing. Now, I don't want to focus on that this morning. What we want to focus on is what is God saying, okay? And we know that we're in a challenging si situation, excuse me, as, as a nation, as many other nations are. And we want to continue praying for our government at this time who are having to make decisions in an unprecedented moment. I know it's easy in hindsight to say they could have done this, could have done that, could have done the other. There's loads of opinions, loads of thought out there, but let's be praying for them that they do have the wisdom they need. They make the decisions that are right with the information they do have and all of that. So let's pray for them, okay? Let's, let's not moan about, let's not criticize. Let's pray for them and bless them, okay? But we're also living in a culture uh, where the goalposts of truth are constantly being attacked and trying to be changed or even removed from society to basically allow people to do whatever they want to do in terms of the way they live, 
and their lifestyle. And within that, there's challenge to silence the voice of truth. And by that, I mean the gospel, the Bible, what God says. And, uh, and I believe that we're living in days of 2 Timothy 4, verses 2 to 5, that where, where Paul encourages Timothy and the context that he's saying to him, he's giving Timothy a bit of a charge at that moment. And he's basically saying, hey, Timothy, look, you've grown up. Your grandmother taught you the word. Your mother taught you the word. You've grown up in the word of God. You've known, grown up in the ways of God. And what does he say to them, him, in a context where there is compromise in the culture? There's stuff going on in society that doesn't line up the word. And even within the church, even at that time, the early church, uh, people were not exactly following the word. And this is what Paul says to him. He says, Timothy, preach the word and be prepared in season and out of season, correct, rebuke and encourage with great patience, which shows the heart to do it with, and careful instruction. Be wise in the way that you bring the word. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But, but you keep your head in all situations, endure hardship and do the work of an evangelist and discharge all the duties of your ministry. What's he basically saying is, mate, uh, what's he saying to us? We are living in the same kind of days where in society, but also within the church, okay, the word is speaking in and, uh, to us saying, hey, people are going to want to find teachers, people who know the word, to teach them what their itching ears want to hear. And I believe we're in those days now where, where there's a lot of progressive Christianity that is uh, being moved towards and taught, which is not necessarily based on historic biblical Christianity. And, and I believe God speaks into that. And this is how I believe he speaks into it in Jeremiah 6, 16. I believe this is what he says to us at this time in the context of the culture that we are living in as believers. He's saying, stand at the crossroads and look, ask for the ancient paths. What are the ancient paths? The ancient paths are God's word and his ways, his statutes, his decrees, his laws. And when I say his laws, it's not just Old Testament law that he gave to the Israelites. It's kingdom law. What does that mean? It means the way in which God works and operates. Yeah. And uh, they're the ancient paths. And people are trying to change the word into what they want it to be in these days. And in one sense, well-meaning, but there's some deception going on. And, and God speaks to us at this time and says, hey guys, I want you to ask for the ancient paths, ask where the good way is and walk in it and you will find rest for your souls. So the ancient paths aren't looking back and just saying, well, I've just got to look back. The ancient paths, I'll say, hey, what is it that God historically says? How does he work? How does he move? What are his ways? Draw a line from that into your now and moving forward. And that shows you then how to live in the now, the current, but it will also show you how to live going forward. And what kind of heart does the word say that we need to have in order to live this? Because we're not soapbox Christians, okay? We've got to come with the right heart. And in Micah 6 verse 8, Again, in the context where the nation of Israel weren't walking with God again, and God speaks to Micah and he says, what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. So what is he saying? He's saying in everything going on, I've called you to be a righteous people, to act justly, to act according to my word with justice, okay? Act justly, righteously. Love mercy. It doesn't just say be merciful. It says love mercy. What is mercy? Mercy is God treating us in a way that we just do not deserve. And God says, love mercy, love to treat one another in a way that we don't deserve. Love to treat those that don't know God with mercy. They don't know uh, anything else outside of what their own paradigms are. And, and it's like God saying, love to be merciful. And then he says, and to walk humbly with your God. Mm. 
So there's a humility that God wants us to have in the way that we live as individuals and as a church, okay? So there's a little bit of a backdrop of who we are spiritually, who we are in terms of the makeup, where we are locally, regionally, nationally, etc. But also who we are living in a current culture and context that doesn't necessarily want to know God, wants to go in the opposite direction. What does God say in that, how to live? Look at the ancient paths, walk in those ways. And this is the good way to walk in. You'll find rest for your souls. That's the place of peace in there. But do it justly, loving mercy and walk in humbly. Okay, so that's the kind of heart and essence this morning to start with. But we want to get into some things. Well, what is actually God saying to us about this year? Now, in order to really understand that, I need to give you a little bit of a backdrop of what God has been saying. And some of what I'm going to share, you guys would, would, are going to hear for the first time uh, in relation to some of what I'm going to say. But I believe it's important in order to have this backdrop to understand where we are now and how we're going to go forward. About nine or 10 years ago, uh, God spoke to me uh, one day and He said, I want you to come away for a few days and I want you to spend some time with me because there's some things I want to show you and speak to you about. So I went away for a few days somewhere uh, uh, just, to, just to pray and spend time with Him. And, and the first morning that uh, I, I got up and, uh, and, and just began to pray, um, it was quite an intense uh, not heavy, but it was quite an intense hour, the first hour, where just worshipping, meeting with God and, and, and straight away God was doing things in me. And then God began to show me some things. I wasn't expecting Him so quickly to begin to give me downloads. I thought it was going to be, you know, time with the Lord and this and that and the other. And then at some point He's going to speak. But no, He obviously wanted to get on with it and, and start to speak. And what I saw when I was praying initially was the church. It was people it wasn't a building, it was the church, it was people. And, and what I saw was a people living missional lives. It's like their daily lives were sharing the gospel. They were going around healing the sick. They were meeting very practical needs. Discipling others was like a lifestyle. It was just a way of living in homes, outside the homes. It was like this, this discipling lifestyle. What I could see was people around these believers were desperate in their lives and they needed help. They wanted help and they were searching for where they could get help. And what I saw was, was our homes were like community hubs. They were like connection points where people could go to find the answers, to find what they, they needed. So I saw people living missional lives, living in this way. And, and it was like, it, it, yes, it was full of activity, but it wasn't just busyness. It was fruitful activity of salvations and healings and freedom and, and lives being changed, families being reconciled. It, it was really powerful what, was, what I saw. And then as I saw all this, what, what I then also saw was, was a large building. And it was on a site that I didn't recognise. And... This building was open 24-7. It was full of life and activity. All kinds of people were coming in and out and were around this building. And it, it was like a magnet for people to come to for different reasons, depending on their life and their need. People were coming into this building to be saved, to be healed, counselled, reconciled with others. Uh, there was training to do with life skills in the home. Uh, there was training uh, for the workplace, for jobs. There was training for leadership and for ministry. There was even medical facilities and like a clinic in this building. The business community were using it as a hub for meetings and connections. Uh, in this building, there, was, there were film and recording studios, both to produce resources, but also to train and equip people to be effective in media. There were prayer rooms. There was constant worship and prayer that was going on. There, was, there were spaces and rooms for children and youth ministry and activity and various things. Yes, for Sundays, but for other things during the week that were going on. There was a coffee shop or maybe even two or three coffee shops in this building. There was a large multi-purpose auditorium. Yes, used for Sundays, but 
also for other events and activities, as well as other one or two other smaller venues for community activities, things like little builders that may not work in an auditorium but needed space for people to gather in, in, in different ways. Outside, there, there was like landscape, outside seating and play areas for people to hang out and be together for community and different things to be happening. But one of the, the marks as I, as I saw this in my mind's eye, I saw all this going on and, and this building and what it looked like and all the things going on in and around it, there was such a strong sense of love, of community, of, of family. It was, it, was, it was powerful what I saw. And, and I said to the Lord, I said, God, what is this place? And this is what he said to me. He said, Clive, this is a regional community facility. And I was kind of looking and heard this regional community facility. And the, and the Lord said to me, he said, Clive, people will say to you that you don't need a building that large in Horsham. But this building is not for Horsham. Yes, it will benefit Horsham, obviously, but it's not just for Horsham, it's for the whole region. And what I saw was, it, it was like on a site that I, at that point, didn't know where it, where it was. And it was like God was saying, this is what the church is gonna look like in the years ahead. In our individual lives, how we live in this missional discipleship lifestyle, but also we would have a facility and others that would follow in other places, but initially uh, in, 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 in Horsham, uh, that would become like the hub of kingdom faith, but for the next generation going forward. And one of the things that I believe God said at the time was, Clive, as, as this comes into being in terms of the way you live, but also what I give you as a facility, as this comes into being, this is going to be at the beginning of a new era of the church in the nation. But as, as for you as a church, as kingdom faith, but also for the next generation, what I want to set in place is so that the next generation can move forward forward in, in a way that is going to be so healthy that, that your generation, what's gone before, are going to put things into their hands so that they can move forward in, into the next era of time uh, in a way that uh, they can move so they don't have to try and work this and that and the other. They can get on with reaching and train, changing and transforming lives. So I'm going to come back to some of that in a moment because of where it's relevant right now and where we're at regards buildings and what that's going to look like going forward. So what else has God has God been saying? He's saying a few years ago, he said, gear everything to harvest, gear everything for harvest. Our response to that in our personal lives, but also together as a church was to, to uh, begin to put this discipleship pathway in place that many of you know what that is. And in essence, that discipleship pathway is a number of paths. The first one is to know God. Uh, people coming to know God. The second one is to live in freedom, that we wanna make sure that every person that knows God and comes to Christ lives in the fullness of who they are in Christ, that they live in that freedom that Christ has given them and that then every person discovers their purpose. What is it that God wants to do in them and through them to be fruitful? And the fourth one was then to make a difference, to go in His name, to see Him work and move powerfully through their lives. And that in essence is the discipleship pathway that we've put in place. And yes, there are lots of different things within those steps uh, of that pathway, but it's us as the people that are the key mm. to how fruitful that pathway is. Because God doesn't fill a building with His presence. We know there can be when you walk into a building, ah, oh, something's here, God is here. But it's because the people of God have been there with God that there's a residue of God in a building. But God fills people with His Spirit. God doesn't fill a system or a process with His Spirit. He fills people with His Spirit. But God gives us a pathway to walk in. And for us, that's our pathway. Know God, live in freedom, discover your purpose and make a difference. So we've been responding to God by faith because of what God said, the harvest that He is bringing in for the nation. It's not just for us as kingdom faith, but in the nation. And you know when God tells you to get something, uh, to do something, it's to get us ready to make space so He can fill it. And that's what we've been doing with this discipleship pathway. What's another thing that God has said to us that, that uh, was a few years ago, was about faith camp coming to an end. 
And God spoke to us one year and said a large door in kingdom faith would close, but in a short period of time afterwards, a much larger one would open with many other things behind it. We'd already had a little bit of a sense that is it is it time for faith camp? Is the time for faith camp coming to an end? And a, and a few years ago, God obviously spoke to us and he spoke very clearly and said, if you continue to have faith camp, it will actually get in the way of what I'm doing, not serve what I'm doing. Instead of gathering a few thousand people in one place for a week, for one week, I want you to be reaching thousands of people every week. And also God gave us a prophetic word on the last night of the last faith camp through Pastor Andy Elms. And when he was praying for us as a leadership um, on the stage, he said, I believe God's saying to you in the same way that the, the, the people of Israel had a cloud uh, by day and a pillar of fire by night to lead them. He said, and, and whenever the cloud moved, they moved with God because God was moving on. He said, I believe uh, kingdom faith, the cloud is moving and you need to move with Amen. the cloud. And we knew, we knew what God was saying with that, that faith camp should finish. But more than that, it's making space for a fresh move of the Spirit, okay? God can not only bless what He is doing and God has blessed King, uh, uh, a faith camp for a whole generation of time, nearly 40 years we were running faith camp and the amount of lives that were transformed through that. Um, but the cloud's moving on and we can't continue something that God's not got His hand on. So we can only move where God is gonna move so that we see everything that God wants to see take place. What else are we doing in response to what God has been saying to make space for a fresh release of His Spirit? Uh, Earlier last year in 2020, uh, we were all having a bit of a sense that maybe it's time for the residential side of the Bible college to, to finish in the way that we've been training people in a certain way. And God again clearly spoke to us during last year. Instead of training a few people in one place, I want you to train many in many places. And uh, so we know it was right to finish uh, the, the Bible school in terms of the residential side. We're always going to train and equip people because that's part of the, the nature and essence of who we are. But the way we're going to be doing that is going to look different going forward than the way that we have done it, okay? And so what's, what's kind of God been saying? He's been saying there's things that have been right for one generation of time, one era of time. But some of these things, the chapter of those things is, is closed now, is finished because I'm opening a new chapter uh, for the next season of time going forward. And a lot of our training beyond our local situation is going to happen online, whether they're short kind of type, type courses or much longer kind of full time involved kind of training. Uh, we're going to have everything from short to long going on in different ways. And we're beginning to work on those and look at that and get that moving forward uh, because there's going to be a lot more emphasis of online training and developing so we can train people across the nation and beyond without them necessarily having to come here to be trained. And we know as we're, we're doing that, there's a fresh release. There's going to be of anointing on the training and the equipping of people for their lives and everything that God mm. wants to do. Yeah. So, so why are we responding to what God says? Because we want to make space for God to fill yeah. uh, with, with that space, with what He wants to do. And I believe that God wants there to be a grassroots move of mm. the Spirit a grassroots move, that it's going to be through your life and my life, in our everyday lives, in our streets, in our communities, yeah. with our neighbours, in our workplace, where we go, where we spend time. And, and don't filter this morning by saying, that's great, Clive, but we're in lockdown. Don't, don't just think this week. Don't just think next week. Think this year. Think into going into next years and the years beyond in terms of what God is saying. So in every generation of time, God births new yeah. things yeah in the context of what he is doing. Faith Camp and the Bible College were birthed through a move of the Spirit that was happening in that generation of yeah. time. And as we come into this new generation of time, God is releasing new things into this season because yeah. of what he is doing by his Spirit. So in that context, then God speaks to us. And I believe he's saying, do you want to maintain the old or do you want to move into the new. Do you want to maintain the old or move into the new? God spoke that to Jane and I a couple of years ago in our own lives and we were praying into some things, but also for us as kingdom faith. And we knew that meant physically we were to move house ourselves, but also we knew this was a bigger picture about kingdom faith, moving into new things spiritually 
and physically and in terms of buildings and facilities yeah. in that way. So I just want Jane to share some of the things that, that really God wants to say to us and then we're gonna kind of really bring that down to some practicals off the back of what she's gonna share. Yeah, um, I'm really, really excited for what God is doing and wants to do, continue to do. And like we've heard, the cloud is moving. God is on the move. And, um, and like the people of Israel, picked up sticks, packed up their tents and they all shifted to a new location. And um, when we moved house physically, the Lord was speaking to me about um, oak trees. We have an oak tree outside our house where we did live. And now we've moved to a place with an even bigger oak tree <laughs> right out, outside in our, in our little community in our street. And um, the Lord was talking to me about how he trans has transplanted us. He transplanted um, us from one place to another. And um, but he's doing that with us as Kingdom Faith. Now we are in a season of being transplanted. And why did why do you transplant? Why do you pick up a plant from and, and uproot it to put it into a, a bigger space? It's so it can grow. It's right. so it can its roots can go into new space. The whole thing can grow and bear fruit. It can expand, it can increase and can be more fruitful. And so we moved physically and we are all moving as kingdom faith, if you didn't know. <laughs> um, and God God said um, to me, there's a Chosen series. Um, if you haven't watched it, please watch it. It's amazing about Jesus. And there's a scene in there where, where Peter cannot handle the fact that everything that Jesus is doing and saying is out of his paradigm. And he says, this is different. And Jesus turned to him and he said, get used to different. And that really has impacted me because that is, this is not about a new normal. There are new, no new normals. This is get used to different. This is our life now. And, the, and a transition time, a transplantation time is not an easy time. It can be, yes, exciting in one way, but another way can be uncomfortable. Mm. It can be uncertain. It can bring up fears. It can lead to uh, bring out, expose our insecurities. But with God, there is no fear in Him and he is our, our sure and certain place, amen. So he is the one that we need to be plugging into even more in this season, that our roots go down deep into him. And part of this January is an every day with Pastor Colin or the encounters, the worship times, the, the plugging into God in our homes, are our roots going deeper into him? Yeah. So that as these, these trees that God calls us in Isaiah 61, he makes us these oaks of righteousness for the display of his splendor and glory, we will stand whatever, we will stand whatever the storms that are around us at the mo moment and may continue for a while, the shakings that will come to the nations because the word of God says they will come, we will stand mm. firm yeah. as our roots go deep you, into him you, and deeper and deeper. It is by His Spirit that we stand. It's not in our own strength. It's not in our own working out. It's not in our own things we might, might try and place around ourselves for our own security. It is by His Spirit that we stand and that we are so like Him in these days. I just want to read to you Psalm 92. Okay, um, it says in the Amplified, the uncompromisingly righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. And I want to speak this over you. Just receive these words. Be long lived, stately, upright, useful and fruitful. They shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon, majestic, stable, durable and incorruptible. Planted in the house of the Lord, they shall flourish in the courts of our God. And I believe these next three weeks we are coming in to the courts of God, into his presence in a new way, in a deeper way. He wants to meet with us. And in that place we grow. And it says in verse 14, growing in grace, they shall still bring forth fruit in old age. So that's encouraging. <laughs> Whatever age we are, they shall be full of sap of spiritual vitality and rich in the verdure of trust, love and contentment. They are living memorials to show that the Lord is upright 
and faithful to his promises. And if there's one thing that as you get older in God, you know God proves more and more is he's faithful. And I want to encourage you, whatever age you are, whatever stage of life you're at, if you're old, you are still useful. There is still something God wants you to do this year. And it might look totally different to what it has looked like before. But God says, get used to different, but that you are still useful. You are still going to bear fruit. If you had just started out as a young Christian, be encouraged. Jesus will keep you until the end. You will stay stable if you stay close to him. You will endure and you will live to an old age standing still with Lord because he is faithful to Mm. us. Amen. So just be encouraged. So every one of us has something new in this season, a new thing to step into, a a new way of, of... Living where God has planted us now in our in our home, we are slap bang in the middle of a community. Loads of them, over 70 people on WhatsApp. We've already been reaching out to our our neighbours in our community in just the f- six weeks we've been there, eight weeks, whatever we've been there, because that's His heart. That's who He wants us to be reaching at this time. Yeah. I was so encouraged when Colin shared that verse earlier on before we worshipped, that it's in the praise and in the worship that God is exalted and God moves. And the praise and worship, the encountering him this week is going to be, these next few weeks is going to be important because Isaiah 59, um, there's a verse in there and I I can't remember which verse it is, um, but it's going to come on the screen. In the Amplified Bible says, when the enemy comes like a flood, okay, which he has been doing, the enemy has been seeking to steal, kill and destroy many lives. When he comes, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him and put him to flight. For he will come like a rushing stream, which the breath of the Lord drives. Our Redeemer will come. And I'm just speaking that out because the Lord just keeps bringing this scripture up that whatever the enemy throws at us or at the nations, we will stand and we will overcome because God raises up the standard against yeah. him. And it's the Holy Spirit in us that causes the church to stand up in these days where we do not shrink back, but we stand up in faith. We stand up in the truth of the word. We stand up in worship and adoration of Jesus. And we are strengthened and we are anointed and we are given the wisdom of what to speak and what to do to raise up a standard in our nation against what the enemy is seeking to do. Amen. Yeah, come on. But it goes on into uh, Isaiah 60. And I want to speak this again over you as a prophetic word. Arise. Arise from spiritual depression to a new life. Shine, be radiant with the glory and brilliance of the Lord for your light has come and the glory and brilliance of the Lord has risen upon you. For in fact, darkness will cover the earth and deep darkness will cover the peoples, but the Lord will rise upon you and his glory and brilliance will be seen on you. Nations will come to your light or your neighbours will come to your light. Your family members will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. We declare leaders in our nations turning to the church at this time or turning to God at this time for answers. Lift up your eyes around you and see. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons will come from far away and your daughters will be looked after at their side. And we declare prodigals at this time coming back to the Lord Jesus. Sons and daughters who have walked away from him will come back in this time and in the years ahead. And you will see and be radiant and your heart will tremble with joy and rejoice. Our light, the light in us, the light of Jesus burns brightly. The more we plug into him, the more we're going to burn our end and fan into flame the fire of God that is in us. And Jesus said, didn't he, that, that, that a city, a light isn't hidden. A light isn't hidden under a bowl. We're not in the church building anymore just with our doors closed and nobody knows we're here. We've been pushed out of the building. God's locked the door and he says, get out there. Your light needs to shine in the darkness. That's where Jesus came to. Our light is set on a hill for everyone to see. 
And in Philippians 2.14, again, I just want to read this over us. And we're not all together. And just as Paul, in, uh, when he wrote this, he was writing letters because they couldn't meet together. But he says, my beloved ones, just like you've always listened to everything I've taught you in the past, I'm asking you now to keep following my instructions as though I were right there with you. Now, you must continue to make this new life fully manifested as you live in the holy awe of God, which brings you trembling into his presence. God will continually revitalize you, implanting within you the passion to do what pleases him. Live a cheerful life without complaining or division among yourselves, for then you will be seen as innocent, faultless and pure children of God, even though you live in the midst of a brutal and perverse culture, for you will appear among them as shining lights in the universe, offering them the words of eternal life. We have received so much teaching, amazing teaching Kingdom Faith over the years. And all of that is invested in us so that we can now hold out words of life mm -hmm. to those around yeah. us yeah. that desperately need, yeah. need it. Thank you, Lord. Everyone around us needs the word of God, <laughs> yeah. needs the heart of God, needs the miracles, the love of God. Our nation needs the word of God in this season. And as we, I believe, plug into him purposely in this season, as we humble ourselves before him and dig deep, we encounter him and we release what he wants us to release through this time. Whatever he is going to ask each one of us to do something different, something new, or do it in a new way because he's downloading things into us, himself into us in a fresh way. We're going to hold out the word of life, his life to people mm. this year. Thank I believe he, God wants to do that to change our communities and um, to change our nation. We've been, we're being transitioning, we're being transplanted to increase. And whatever, whatever might shut down, the kingdom of God never shuts down. The kingdom advances, it increases, and it will increase through a bold people who do not shrink back at this time. Even in lockdown, there are things we can do and ways we can reach out. Amen. Amen. Brilliant, thanks Jane. You know, when, when we're used to a certain way of life, there are certain things in our life and around us that, that gives us some stability. And when there's lots of change, a lot of the things that have been stable are not there anymore. And we know the last 10 months or so, a lot of change has been happening and there aren't the same anchor points or whatever that we might have been used to. And as we go forward, change is here to stay and life is definitely not going to go back to how it was before. Everything's moving forward, changing and everything. And, and, and in a constant changing thing like that, that phrase, get used to different, the, the only anchor point is God. Yeah. And if our anchor point is God and our trust is in Him, uh, we then aren't thrown around by all the different situations and circumstances that, yeah. are, that are happening. Uh, around us. And so uh, the, the life of faith is exactly that. It's holding on to God when things don't look like what God says at that moment. But as we hold on to him, act upon that, we then see that become reality around us and it changes what we don't see and that becomes what we then do see. Mm. And, and just to kind of earth some of what we've been saying this morning so far, there's always a personal response, okay? Uh, to anything that God is saying. And on one level, uh, as we've been praying into this year, God hasn't given us like loads of stuff that we're just going to start as a church. And everybody goes, well, that looks exciting. I wonder who's going to do that. Actually, God just keeps reminding us about you and me, how we are living our lives in a very real world. Yeah and how we then share that life in word and deed in different ways with those that are around us. And I believe that one of the things is, is that our homes and our lives become even more of a witness this year, yeah. that our homes become a hub in your street or your community. That's what we believe where we're living now, that our home is going to become like a, a beacon, a light for those in that place close and in that 
square or wherever we live now. And there's things that God is putting in our hearts to do that we're, gonna, that we're beginning to move towards to see that happen. So God will speak. We believe and respond. Sometimes in that believing and responding, you can be, all oh, right, we're going to have to do this. Okay, we've got to do this. And, but then as you do it, you actually find people respond in quite a different way than you think they're going to do it. And it's not quite as bad as you thought it was going to be. So one of the things I want to encourage you this year as you're praying about this year and over the next three weeks, ask the Lord to give you a word for yeah. this year, literally yeah. maybe one word or two words or something. And from that, God will then begin to unfold that as to what that looks like. Ask him, God, what is your word to me this year? But also I want you to ask him, God, who is it that you want me to reach out to? Now, we know we need to be available in our everyday lives for any moments here or there or whatever. Uh, but also there will be some specific people, if you don't know who they are already, that God will speak to you about to pray for and to reach out to in different ways. So ask the Lord that as well. OK, God, who is it that you want me to reach? OK, because if we don't have a focus, if we don't have an aim, we're not going to hit anything. If we don't have a focus, there's nothing for our faith to move towards. So God will speak to you about someone or a couple or a family or whatever the situation. He then releases faith for that and we need to move towards that. Begin to pray for them. Begin to do whatever might be on your heart towards that. Alpha is one brilliant opportunity to invite someone onto Alpha. It's starting in a couple of weeks time and uh, you, you can invite somebody to join you on, on that. Okay, so there's that personal response in our own personal lives. But also one of the things in the life of the church is small groups. Now what are small groups? Small groups are relational connection. They're relationship with purpose, okay? Now we have all kinds of different types of small groups and our small groups all fit somewhere along the discipleship pathway, okay? So we don't have small groups that are all the same. They all do the same thing. We have small groups that might be men's ones, women's ones, ones for new believers. There might be Bible study. There might be prayer ones. There might be focused on a particular area that people need to grow in their life. There might be sports, hobbies, interests that are more evangelistic. Um, there are all kinds of different types of small groups that fit somewhere on that discipleship pathway, okay? And firstly, we want to encourage every one of you to be in a small group, okay? So be in one, and maybe you might be in one, then you might be able to lead one, and if you lead one, maybe you'll be able to start another one, start one. So be in one, lead one, start one. You know, why? Because we want to help you connect with other people with the same heart and passion that you might have so that you can help grow in your own walk with God, but help others grow also with God in their walk. And so small groups are the heart, the essence of who we are, that relational connection. They're the first point of pastoral care in the church. So get connected into a small group because God's going to increase the importance of discipleship. The Great Commission is go and make disciples, okay, of all nations, but it also means where you are right now. Start where you are in your Jerusalem, where you live. Uh, and discipleship is going to become so much more important going forward, not only for our own discipleship, but how we're investing into others that give their lives to the Lord. Okay, And there's various resources we have, things like Alpha. We have First Steps, which is for those who've just given their lives to the Lord, their first steps in their faith. And there might be something that I'd love to be involved in helping to invest in new believers where you can let us know, let your congregation leader know, let your small group leader know, whatever you're connected to and say, I'd love to get involved in first steps, maybe grow people that are getting connected into the life of the church. How can they get plugged in relationally and become really active in the life of the church? We also have freedom. It's another brilliant resource. Many of you have been through that. When somebody gets saved and they get born again, we want to come through freedom and everything that God wants to do in their lives. There's other equipping resources, something called transforming work that Colin's going to mention in a few minutes. Time, what is that? How we can be effective in the workplace. Also things like pastoral resources, like bereavement courses. I know quite a number of people have lost family members and friends during this last nine or 10 months. And we want to make sure that people grieve in a healthy way and come through that. And maybe I know some of you that have been through that on your heart is I want to help others to, to work through that and come through that 
also. There's a number of resources like that in the life of the church that you can get connected into as well as going through, you can help to lead. You can be part of a team to help disciple others, to help others to grow, come into their freedom, whatever it might be. So discipleship is not just one-to-one. I need to go into a coffee shop and have a friend chat with a, a person and see how I can help them grow. That's an element of it, but also we can work together using tools and resources to help disciple people. There's also how we as a congregation or collectively reach the community or what we do together as a church. Now, I just want to come back to for a few moments, the whole kind of building thing, okay? Because I need to kind of say, where are we right now with our buildings? Where are we right now with what I shared about this new facility? Is that something happening imminently? What is that all about? And in the light of what God said to us quite a few years ago, uh, what God said to me anyway about this building nine, ten years ago, that's obviously been there in the back of my mind. I've been praying into that. There's an eldership that was in place back then. We were praying into that and just kind of mulling over that. And uh, uh, a few years ago, uh, I kind of felt like God was saying, it's, it's time, this is time to begin to get ready for that. And we had one or two conversations uh, in a leadership setting uh, about that. And one of the things that we believe God was saying is that this new facility was actually going to be in the North Horsham development just across the road from where Roffey Place is currently. If you don't know, just across the dual carriage, there's going to be a whole new development of thousands of houses, uh, schools, uh, shops, recreational facilities, a business park, all sorts of things that are going to be put in over there. And the work's already begun on that. And about three years ago, uh, when we kind of felt like, actually, we, we believe it's, we're going to end up being over there. Within a week, I, I had three separate confirmations from people, two people that are in the church that had no idea about this, that we were thinking and praying into this, anything that God had said, two separate individuals wrote something down and got in touch with me and said, look, this might be totally left field. Uh, but when I was praying, I believe God showed me a building across the road from Roffey Place and that God was going to give the church a whole new facility uh, to be based out from and that we wouldn't have Roffey Place and, and Foundry Lane anymore. And I said, OK, thanks very much for that. Brilliant. Thinking, wow, that's confirmation. And then somebody else who's not in kingdom faith at all, um, who we know well, didn't know anything, had never actually been here to any of our buildings, didn't know what anything looked like. And uh, they were coming as part of a leaders conference to speak. And um, and when they got here, they said on the way down, we were praying and and um, the one, one of the person who spoke had never been here and said, look, I didn't know any of your buildings, didn't know what it looked like. But when we were in the car coming down here, God showed me this picture. What I saw was um, that you, you had a building um, currently that you were using with land and but you but you looked out from that building across another road into a space that has not yet been built on that was going to be developed in in different ways and um, what I saw was this massive billboard uh, on this road and, and it had a massive billboard of this new building and, and Kingdom Faith Church or whatever on it. And uh, what I believe God was saying is that, that you're, God's going to give you a new facility across the road from where you have one of your buildings now. And it was like, wow, amazing confirmation in terms of... Uh, that And so we've been having some conversations over the last few years with the developers regarding that space and, and what we believe is right to have there as a new facility. And so there's been various conversations that have been going on and, and we are on the blueprint uh, or on the master plan or whatever for what's going to be developed over there. And so there are conversations that are currently going on about a facility over there and what that's going to look like and, 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 and do. Uh, but obviously there are some steps that we, we believe is right to take now. Uh, it might be a two, two and a half years or so until that facility is up and running and ready. Uh, but there's some things we believe is right to do now that we felt, particularly the second half of last year, to, to be doing. And we believe it's right in regards to Roffey Place to completely move out of there. Uh, over the next few months in terms of emptying the place, cleaning everything out, clearing everything out and not using that building at all any longer. And, and uh, that will go on the market to be, uh, to, to, for a developer to buy and to develop that land in whatever way that they're going to do that. 
Uh, but we're going to begin to, to move out of, of that over the next few months. And one of the things we're going to do in terms of office space uh, and, and some hot desk space is, is in this building in Foundry Lane, where we're, we're kind of broadcasting the stream from, is we're going to create a little bit of office space in here and some also some hot desk space. And we're going to be based out of here. But during the short time that the, in the transition period we're going to be using this building like that obviously we're still going to use it for everything else is we're going to open the building start to open it every day and really begin to run this facility like a community facility that we're going to move into when the new one is built and I think there's some things that God's going to show us we're going to learn as we do that over the next few years there's already some community stuff that happens in here but that's only going to increase over the next period of time and so um, that's kind of physically what's going to be taking place. Coming out of one building, we're going to kind of relocate some things in here for a short period of time. And then once we have this new facility over the road from where Roffey Place is, then we'll, we'll move in there. And, and it's just the timing of God. Why, why was it so important to share this stuff? Because God doesn't sort of say one thing one day and say, right, you're going to move into that next. There's a timing in yeah. God. There's, there's ways that we respond to God and everything. And, and you might say, well, why did God talk to you nine or 10 years ago about that? I don't know. God did then. We've been praying into that and, and having that in the back of our mind. And, and now we know now is the time for that to actually take place. Okay. Now, the way we use this building going forward and the way we use the new, this new facility going forward is going to be a blueprint of how we use any buildings that we then either build ourselves or we buy or whatever in the coming years. I know in other congregations, other towns, as things develop, we're going to need facilities that facilitate being community facility buildings in that way that help to serve and facilitate vision. They're not the focus of it in any way, shape or form, uh, but they help to facilitate what God wants to do. And one of the things God spoke to me 10 years ago when I about this building was, Clive, when you move in, it, it's, you, you, you're not going to go into any debt whatsoever. You're not going to have to borrow money from anyone or anything for this new facility. When you actually move in, you're going to have money in the bank. And one of the reasons I believe God is saying that is because for the next generation going forward, He wants them to move into the next generation of time where they're not having to look at finances or this, that, or the other, but they can concentrate on the ministry of meeting people's needs, seeing Amen. people Amen. saved, lives transformed, making disciples, and all of that that's going to mean mm. going forward. Mm. So just to kind of close over the next few minutes, because I know time's kind of ticking on is we, we've had a lot of online stuff over the last 10 months and even when we begin to meet back in person sometime at some point uh, when we're able to do that um, we're still going to continue the online um, streaming that we're doing and we're going to develop an online congregation okay and we're already kind of got some things developing in the background so that that that's going to be healthy it's going to work going forward and uh we know we've had people connecting into the life of the church, being saved because they've connected in online on a Sunday or to something else. And so we're going to really develop an online congregation as well as our in-person ones. Some of those people that connect online will morph to in-person because they're, they're local, they're in the area. Uh, who knows where we might have a number of people connecting online. We might end up planting a congregation there in person because of what God wants to do. God's saying, get used to different. Get used to doing things in different ways and maybe some things we thought, I've never thought about that or I haven't yeah. done that before or, wow. wow, how do you do that? I don't know, but as we go forward, God's going to show us yeah. how to do the things that we need to be doing. We're going to develop more online resources in different ways, whether they're evangelistic with the gospel, whether they are discipleship materials or whatever, but we're going to develop more and more online resources uh, in order to help facilitate online congregation and to reach people online in that way, as well as all the in-person stuff that we are doing. And before we kind of just pray and, and, and together, Israel is right at the heart of who we are. And, and God has been over many years now, 16, 17 years, giving us a biblical understanding of Israel, how central it is to His purposes and to what is happening in the nations. His heart and love for the Jewish people, His heart and love for Jew and Arab in Israel, that God's no, He's not on anybody's side, He's on His own side. He loves the Jewish people, He loves Arabs, He loves Muslims. And, and, and God has been giving us a heart for Israel and for that region of the world. And along with that, developing relationships with the Jewish community in the UK, as well as the Israel Embassy in London. We're 
going to continue doing that. And as part of that Heart for Israel, uh, Jane and I, along with some friends in Norway about two years ago, helped to launch an organisation called Israel Next with the heart of that to reach the next generation uh, younger people with God's heart for Israel, God's biblical understanding and purposes and what that would look like and mean. And so during this year, we're going to establish Israel Next UK uh, and, and uh, as part of that bigger picture of Israel Next, we're starting that uh, in this nation very much to reach church leaders and the next generation. Church leaders are a doorway into the next generation in the church. And so we're going to be establishing that. And some of you, uh, I'm sure, will get involved in that in different ways, particularly younger people who wanted to reach your own generation with God's heart for Israel and what he wants to do. OK. So there's a whole lot of stuff that we've put out there this morning. It's not that we're going to organise loads and loads of things as a church and say, we want you to get involved in this, we want you to get involved in that. We're going to continue on developing our discipleship pathway. We want to continue to grow individually in our own walk and relationship with God, in our own witness. Mm. We want to grow together with others through small groups, that relational connection with others. Same heart and passion in a small group to be fruitful and effective in different ways. I believe God's going to give some of you guys some ideas for yeah. small groups, heart and passion for something that others are also going to have. We want to help facilitate to release you into that, to see people saved, to make disciples, to be effective, to be fruitful. We'll obviously keep you updated as to what's going on on the building front, the building side of things as that develops and moves forward. The initial stages are obviously to get out of Rofi and develop some things in here, open up the building and begin to become that community facility in the current building that we have so that when we move into a much bigger thing and, and how things are going to grow and develop uh, in that way, then, then we're more in a position to be ready yeah. for that in a really healthy way. So let's just take a moment to pray, shall we? Because I know time's kind of, kind of ticking on. Father, we thank you for all that you're doing, all that you're saying. Father, I thank you for your grace on each one of us this year, for our own personal witness, reaching out to our neighbours, friends, community, our street, work colleagues in our workplace, everything that we need, Father, this year. We thank you for that you lead us by your Holy Spirit. Father, I thank you for your heart this year as we, we looked you know, earlier to act justly, to love mercy and to walk humbly. Father, that's how we want to live this year. Thank you, Jesus. Father, lead us by your Spirit as a church into all that you have in every congregation, yes. whether in this 25 mile radius, whether in the nation with the other kingdom faith, churches and hubs or whether beyond that to partnering churches into other nations and everywhere that we have people serving you. Father, I ask you that let this year be a year of great fruitfulness for your kingdom yes. and for your glory. Yeah. Father, I thank you for your grace upon us in this prayer and fasting that we would encounter you, you would encounter us. There'd be a fresh release of your spirit, yes. this dynamic yes. of love that's going to be a mark of this revival yeah. that, is, that is being released, that we're seeing the beginning of the shoots of, this revival of, your, uh, of love that's going to be at the heart of what you do. And so, Father, we thank you for the encounter nights, for prayer yes. meetings, for round the table on yeah. Fridays, yeah. for everything that's going to be going on in these next few weeks. And Sunday mornings, you would meet with us in a yes. fresh way. We thank you, Lord, that you'd show us each one our next steps. Yeah. We would hear you about this year. We would hear what you say and you'd find us ready to respond. Amen. We thank you, Lord, for family members coming to know thank you. you Jesus. People coming back to you this yes, year. Lord. Friends getting saved. Your kingdom being released. Yes. In this nation at this time, thank you, Jesus. we praise your yes. wonderful name. And everybody yes. said, Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.